Good morning, Oregon. I'm Finn J.D. John, FJ at OffbeatOregon.com, and this is the Daily Offbeat Oregon History Podcast. It's Thursday, so this is an archive show, first published as a newspaper column and podcast episode sometime in the last 10 years. Thanks for downloading, and I hope you enjoy our show. This story was first published on January 8th of 2012 under the headline, Tangent City Hall Office Cat was the city's landlord. Here we go. For several years during the 1980s, if you walked into Tangent City Hall, you might catch a glimpse of a gray and white tomcat named Kitty Cat hiding under the furniture. No big surprise there. Tangent is a small and homey town, a sort of place that wouldn't mind if the staff at its city offices wanted to keep an office cat. But here's the kicker. Kitty Cat was actually the landlord. He owned City Hall. In fact, Kitty Cat was probably the wealthiest feline in the state of Oregon. Once upon a time, Kitty Cat was the beloved pet of a longtime local resident, John Bass, who had taken him in as a stray. Bass and Kitty lived in tangent on a two-acre place with a historic craftsman-style farmhouse and a big red barn right next door to the school. Bass had bought the place right after World War II, paying $40,000 for it, and lived there until he died in 1983. When Bass died, he left the estate to Kitty Cat, along with a $70,000 fund for maintenance of the place. Since cats in general tend to be a bit limited in their executive capabilities, um, Bass entrusted a local attorney with the administration of his estate, with the understanding that when Kitty Cat finally shuffled off this mortal coil, the city of Tangent would inherit the property from him, to be used as a public facility. For the most part, this worked out well for the city renting space from its office cat, although the city moved out of the building after some repairs came due on the furnace and Kitty Cat balked at the expense, through, of course, the good offices of his attorney. City administrator Georgia Edwards said Kitty got a bit deaf toward the end of his long life, and she also remembers a time when he tried to pick a fight with the Lynn County VIP. Quote, We had a city commissioner come over and Kitty Cat snagged his pants and just kept pulling on it, she recalled. In 1995, Kitty Cat finally died and was buried in his own front yard with ceremony appropriate to the state's wealthiest cat. In fact, if you go there, you can lay a few flowers on his grave if you're so inclined. He has a grave marker and everything. And the Bass estate became city property. There were a few issues, though. First off, the $70,000 would have gotten any possible repair and maintenance work done for a private resident, but for a city government it wasn't enough. The house not only needed a few repairs, siding, paint, a little interior work, but unless altered to meet the dictates of the Americans with Disabilities Act, its usefulness to the city would be very limited. In 2001, the city council decided, in a 3-2 vote, to sell the place. This kicked off a small firestorm of protest. A number of locals, along with the two dissenting city councillors, felt that it wasn't right to turn around and sell an asset that had been given to the city to be used as a public resource. But within nine months, the question was moot. Mold problems at the old city hall forced the city government out, and the only place available was the Bass House. A month after the move, a tree fell on the old city hall, which pretty much made the move official. Tangent City Hall was now in the old Bass House, most likely for good. 
That's where it is today, too. But that leaves the barn, which is known locally as the bass barn, the kitty cat barn, or just the big red barn. It's a cavernous thing built in the 1920s by the poultry farmer from whom Bass bought the place. It's a picturesque red and white structure with a tin roof, and it might only be there for another few months. A quick editor's note. Remember this story was published in January of 2012. There's more to the barn story, and I'll get to that in a moment. But back to our story. In 2011, the city voted to have the barn torn down. The problem is, again, it needs work, and the city doesn't have the budget. A bond levy to fix it up was turned down by tangent voters, leaving the city with little alternative. Quote, the city believes it is financially prohibitive to keep it, city coordinator Edwards told Albany Democrat Herald reporter Alex Paul. It's falling apart. She said it would take several hundred thousand dollars to bring the structure back from the brink. Like so many other communities around the state, Tangent has no tax base, so it has no ability to take on new financial responsibilities on its own. The barn may yet be saved. According to the Historic Preservation League of Oregon, a neighboring property owner might be interested in buying the barn and actually moving it onto her land. But this scheme has the distinct feel of a long shot. As of early 2012, the big red building's fate is still up in the air, but many of the barn's fans have given it up for lost. Here's an update to this story, posted in September of 2013. Earlier this year, the neighbor, mentioned in the last paragraph, followed through and saved Kitty Cat's barn. She bought it from the city, and it was moved across the field and placed on her property. Aficionados of the barn were relieved that it would not be torn down, although a little sad that it will no longer be on public land. But overall, the deal is a win for all involved, and no one is complaining. Key sources in this story included works by Brandon Spencer Hartle, historicpreservationleague.ning.com, the Albany Democrat Herald Archives, and the City of Tangent website. Well, that's our show for today. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is part of Offbeat Oregon History, a public history resource for the state we love. What you've been listening to is one of more than 550 stories originally created and published as newspaper columns in first-run syndication between 2008 and today. You can read them all at offbeatoregon.com. Offbeat Oregon is a division of Pulplet Productions, pulp-lit.com, a boutique publishing house owned and operated by yours truly, specializing in audiobook and multimedia editions of the work of the classic pre-war pulp writers. This podcast is covered under a Creative Commons license type CC by SA 4.0, which basically means you can do anything with the content you like, so long as you A, give me credit for it, and B, whatever you make is also released under a Creative Commons license. But if you need a waiver to either A or B, hit me up, fj at offbeatoregon.com. I've never said no yet to a request for a waiver of one of those conditions. They're generally there just to prevent me from accidentally authorizing the reuse of something I don't actually control the rights to. A good example might be a photograph used by special permission of the rights holder. Our theme music is by the Atlas String Band and was written by Carmen Ficara. Listen and download more at atlasstringband.com. Questions, critiques, ideas for a future episode? Email me at fj at offbeatoregon.com. Episodes of Offbeat Oregon History are uploaded around 6 a.m. every single weekday, so the next one will be on your device and ready to go before you know it. Until then, go out and fill up the rest of the day with good stuff. Bye now. Bye now.